Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for stage 20 of La Vuelta. Our last serious stage of Grand Tour racing for the year. Sad noises, but also all thing, all good things have to come to an end. <laughs> uh, from Man, Manzanares El Real to Guadarrama, it is finishing in the northwest of the outskirts of Madrid in the sort of medium mountains area. I'm not sure if this is where Contador, who I think is uh, a Madrileño, where he used to play bikes as a kid, um, in the outskirts of Madrid, but yeah, it's it's a hilly stage. But before that, Benji, thanks for manning the ship yesterday. Obviously, a chaotic, action-packed stage. I left you. With. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Dinese. The ultimate disrespect. I just didn't turn up for his once in a blue moon. But he he is so weird. That guy, just non-competitive, and then wins, right? Yeah, every single time. And it's also like. It's also completely the same stage if you look at them Every side, time. side by side. <laughs> it was slightly downhill for the entire stage or completely flat and no hills, even though like he's not the worst climber of the sprinters. No. But it feels like he's just not competitive in most sprints and he's just competitive on those ones specifically. But anyway, today's stage was uh, going to be something different than yesterday, right? Well, yeah. And by the way, my absence, I was coming supposed to come to Madrid. Bit of story time for you. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't even do a highlight video last night. I thought I was really smart. There's a flight once a week from Andorra to Madrid, Friday night, bang. Then I don't have to go to Barcelona. Get to the airport after watching the stage. Was going to do the, the pod even from my phone. Torrential rain starts. Get through security at the airport, which, I mean, airport, we're using that word loosely in La Seu de Gel. <laughs> it's like, a, it's a very small. I mean, where's the plane? Go through security, which is the most rigorous security I've ever been through in my life um, as well. And then the, a cop comes in and says, the flight's cancelled, buddy. Or to everybody. And everyone's like, is he joking? And he's like, no, it's cancelled. And then he says, oh, you have to have plans to get a bus to Yeda or Barcelona. And then they'll do a, the plane is stuck in Yeda, which is like north below. It's like a big town in Catalonia. And then it'll go to Madrid. And we were like, nah, this is a disaster happening. And I knew the weather was getting worse. So we then tried to go back to Andorra. There's a huge traffic jam on the border of uh, La Cité and then so we drove to Barcelona with my mother, who's just come from Australia, who her flight was cancelled when she's kind of Singapore, and so then in fog and no visibility, I had to drive my mother, um, who's not used to these roads, three hours to Barcelona at night, um, and then we got to Barca, and then we got the train to Madrid today, which also had to stop on the tracks because it had some technical fault. So it's been an absolute... Yeah, I was sitting there on the train like, is this a cursed journey trying to go to Madrid? Um, but I'm here now. <laughs> and the the Wi-Fi works. <laughs> so that's my little whinge. I'm not here, but at least, yeah, whatever. It was... Uh, you know what, Benji? It made, yeah. me, I felt bad, it made me feel bad for the riders on the second rest day or the first rest day when they did that transfer because I'm not even doing anything. Imagine getting in at 3 a.m. after flight cancelled and you have to ride a, a Grand Tour stage like... And Thomas was saying the transfers are crazy. So, yeah, I, I, 
even if I had the talent, which obviously I do to, to write a grand tour, <laughs> uh, I, I mentally don't think I could do it. Um, the transfers and everything, but yeah. Um, you survived. That's, that's my story time. <laughs> um, yeah, this stage up and down all day. You had some reservations about this stage, Benji, 208 Ks. It's got numerous category three climbs over 10 or maybe 10 exactly, but they're all very regular, whereas what we're used to is more ramp-ass stuff with loads of fake news climbs where you can launch a raid 70Ks out. That's what we saw in 2021 where Lopez got off the bike. Do you think they messed up the design here or by putting the El Escorial, the last climb El Escorial, that one has an 11% pinch in it. It looks even like Glasgow, the wall at the end. Should they, do they need more of those or is it the race situation that's the problem here with a weak UAE, a dominant Yumbo, and a Remco out of GC. I think there's both that could point at the scenario because, first of all, when I saw this parkour initially, I indeed said the same thing you just mentioned, which was regular gradients, nothing too steep, and it's different because you've got that, for example, Basque Country stage, the last one where we always have Krabulin, that very steep climb where people tend to launch the action midway in the stage. You know that if that hard climb is earlier in the stage, that you're going to see action earlier in the stage. And because that is not there, well, you might not see a launching pad. You have all the terrain that is medium mountains, it's rough and so forth, it's climbing left and right, 4,400 altitude meters. But you don't have that launching point, that dedicated place where you look at and you say, that's where my team will launch my attack to a breakaway rider up ahead to try and benefit from this. But next to that, you said it, GC wasn't in the place for that. There's no real rider in GC that might be willing to risk their their spot by going all out because there's there's gaps in between certain places like first of all you can't do that to get on the podium right now because Ayuso, Moz and Landa won't be risking that for the for the fact of trying to get past a three minute gap against the Yumbo team that is super strong on paper but also when it comes to fighting for the top five the gaps in between those three riders I just mentioned those riders are so close to each other that they might think okay we might be able to do it on the last two climbs if we are better than the others in the first place. So that's that there. Maybe a fault, maybe a cross will go in the breakaway, but then Butrago might respond, stuff like that. But I wasn't expecting major action GC-wise, and I reckon if there was a steep climb earlier in the stage, like you said, maybe we might have seen more breakaway falling apart earlier than it did. Yeah, or a longer climb, like a, a properly long climb, which doesn't really exist in this region. We're not in the proper mountains. We're in the meat. This is medium mountain terrain. Can you fill me in on what's going on with Kiano, Tobruks, and Vlasov? Were those quotes given before the stage? Because it seemed to me that Otobruks said after Vlasov's attack with Dens before the Cruz de Linares on yep. stage 18, he said after the race, I don't know what that was about. I didn't know that was coming. Today, yep. he sort of. I don't know if it was unprompted or if sports were prodding him. He seemed to go Probably. one step further, but he, he went a bit further this morning, right? Yeah, he was mentioning that he feels like there's some tension with the team because he doesn't really care whether Vlasov or him finish 7th or 8th, as in, he, yeah, it's a top 10 firm most likely, but he feels like Vlasov wants his position in 7th because Vlasov is now under Eitebrooks before the stage of today, so... That was kind of the tension there. Whether it's full-on drama, I dedicate it as full-on drama by the fact that Vlasov attacked behind his back, if we have to believe the word of Kion, which I'd arguably do. It's a 20-year-old. He's probably not going to lie about it. But um, he could probably also try and figure it out internally instead of trying to answer that to a prodding Sporza. 
but shouldn't shouldn't two guys seventh and eighth on GC be attacking? But the gap between seventh and sixth, and the gap between yeah, eighth true. and tenth is uh, eighth and ninth is so big that they it's really just it's, an attack on each other. Yeah, they're just fighting each other. So yeah. <laughs> Do you think? I think this is also contracts and the hierarchies. It's yeah. like with the Yumba stuff. Maybe like both of them are out of contract in twenty twenty end of twenty four. Vlasov's not maybe he's not podium to Grand Tour on Borak. Am I correct? Um, I think they, yes. I think he top five the tour. Henley fucking won the Giro. Alter yep. Brooks is young and looking really good on the hard stages. Maybe he's thinking I'm now third in the hierarchy. Could that be playing in? Um, maybe some off st stuff to discuss in the off season or the wrap up show. But yeah, that was some interesting quotes this morning. It was like there's the UAE drama where none of the riders ever publicly really say they're unhappy. Like it didn't boil over with UAE, even though their tactics, let's be honest, have been the worst. Yumbo's been an absolute soap. Um, even though I feel like they have corrected course really well. And now yeah. this morning, Bora counts like actually I would like to get in on the drama here between the. <laughs> I would like also. To, I want the attention. To, I would like to be spoken about. We also have two guys in the top 10. <laughs> and we hate each other. Nah, no, he didn't say that. But <laughs> No, he didn't say that. Anyway, this stage I've done a long intro because honestly, it's pretty linear. The man we all expect who is the heavy stage favorite gets in the break, Remco Evenepoel, with three teammates, which is a, a, it looked like a disaster for others. He was, literally, he was odds on. It's a Tug Buddy special. Not one Tug oh, Buddy, no. not two, but three Tug Buddies on the road right now. And I didn't want to say what's buddy, the plural, uh, plural of Tug Buddies. The, the Tug Buddy name is making waves in the cycling industry now, eh? Did you see it? I feel bad because, yeah, they, <laughs> I actually, because the Dutch, I don't know if that was the NOS or what it was. Yeah. On their transcription they, of the stage, they were like, and in English, the name for this phenomenon of having a helper in the breakaway is Tug Buddy. That's, and I was like, is it though? <laughs> we put on it the t-shirts we put on the t-shirts but <laughs> i'm not sure the bbc should anyway um remco's in there with catania Knox, and vivaca soler's in there with finfisher black very strong riders all around kelderman thomas pools to berry martinez camners vihoff for bora uh jansen's kroen monike van edfeld carthy sobrero costa rubio bardet jezbe peleo sanchez barcelo nicolau Garcia Cortina, it is the strongest break you could imagine without having any GC threats. It is the yep. best puncher breakaway guys we've had in this race with Remco, Krohn, and Costa already having won a stage uh, in this race if I've not missed anybody. So it looked good for Remco, Benji. And they and Quickstep basically, uh, GC group, by the way, GC nothing happens. <laughs> Am I correct? In the middle of the stage and for like the 90% of the stage, nothing happens. Yumbo just soft pace. Yeah, Yumbo just soft pace, but this question for you for a second. A lot of people will probably be asking oh, all these riders in the breakaway, they're on uh, Remco is obviously the closest, in G in, the closest in GC on 27 minutes, Soler on 33, but the rest is on hours in GC. Why are they trying to keep it at four minutes at first? I reckon it's because they're trying to ride slower than the breakaway all day. So they start at four minutes and they gradually let it out, but why don't they let it out to like 20 minutes? They expect other teams to jump in then. Because then Arkea or, or um, Bahrain for Santiago Butrago's top 10 on GC will start chasing really like much harder and it becomes stop start or there's accelerations or maybe Bahrain will use the climbs to go harder than Yumbo want to. So it's better to just let it out gradually if you really want to control the stage. If you yeah. have the riders, if you don't actually have the riders to, the best thing to do is to let it go out 
and then those other teams will help you control. But they got Van Bala, Hersing, Tratnik. There's no problem here. They even have Kelderman in the breakaway. And so, yeah, fast forward, basically, Quickstep just pace. Like, <laughs> there, there's some early attacks by, you know, Tiberi, who's strong, and, and Soler, but Quickstep with Knox lock down the mid part, and then they've still got Vavaka and Catania behind. In certain moves, in certain moments during those attacks, because like you said, it around 60k to go on those, uh, uh, whatever the climb is, Robledondo or something. On that climb, we saw Nox pacing the earlier climbs, and then Suihov, Garcia, Cartina, all those names you mentioned as well. They made moves, and I felt like sometimes Quickstep responded by joining those moves, and with Cataneo even pacing in those moves. So they might have been intrigued to kind of like put riders ahead and also believe in Cataneo for the stage, but the overall arc of the strategy for them was Remco today. And we saw that further on again as those attacks were neutralized that on the uh, Puerto de la Cruz Verde, which is the second last climb of the day. So we've passed all those climbs already. 3,500 plus yeah, altitude meters no, done. Nothing's happened. No real action because you don't have that launching pad. And now we get to that second last climb and Vraka is basically locking that down. So once again, Vraka locking it down in, ahead of Cataneo, ahead of Remco, and... Then we're waiting on the last climb. The last climb, I think it was called San Lorenzo, and Cataneo was still there, so I was kind of expecting him to pace it, and then a Remco attack would follow, but it was kind of differently, right? Because we saw someone else attack. Well, Pools just absolutely sent it. There was also, I think, Van Edveld following him, and I thought, ooh, is Rem Remco did not respond. He sits behind Cataneo. And I'm thinking, has he just got nothing here? Um, because, yeah, they've paced all day for him. They're doing a hard lead out. I thought, I was, I was saying, I was like, he's about to, he's about to attack them. I thought he was going to attack them on the pave section. I was yeah. like, he's about to step off them. He can't wait to do it. Pauls gets a serious gap over the top of this climb. And this was a great little climb. Like, it really was. It was just all the punchers, Van Edveld, Pauls, Remco, they're waiting, Soler, they're waiting for it. And Pools has just been in unbelievable shape. And he's the sort of guy who's like, okay, is he as good as Remco throughout the year? Absolutely not. But he has still won Liège based on Liège before. And yep. we saw his performance on Angleroo. And, you know, he's not a guy... When he, when he does hit form with his sprint, with his punch, he's a really, really serious guy. And he's a smart finisher too. So um, I thought it was big trouble for Remco there, Benji. But I think Remco actually played it pretty smart with the legs he was given today. I think so as well. And you said it, Pools and Van Edveld, they had a bit of a gap on, on the chasers there. And when those two were up front, I, I looked in the background and I saw Cataneo with Remco in the wheel. And I was like, on the steeper section, it kind of looked like Remco was losing the wheel of Cataneo at certain points. But once they got over that, he was just being paced by Cataneo with Pelayo Sanchez still in the wheel and so forth. And I believe like, okay, this gap seems manageable. We've got, 13 kilometers. Wow. This descent is large enough to be able to try and get back a 10 second gap with a larger group. And definitely if you got Remco and Cataneo, who are arguably pretty good time trialists in that group as well. The descent might also mean that it's somewhat technical. I didn't really know how technical it was before the descent started. But they basically had Remco attack once Cataneo was done, also on a relatively steep portion again, just before the top. And Remco had Pelayo Sanchez, Burgos rider, has been actually pretty good. Tried to attack on Cruz Linares. 
together with Vlazov in that move we spoke about earlier, tried to drop Vlazov on that exact same climb. And he was following Remco in that move and then attacks Remco towards the front of the race and he bridges towards the front of the race. Remco is not following anymore. So Remco's off the back by the time we hit the top of that climb into the descent and Remco then crawls back in the first portion of the descent. But in reality, I swear I've, I've gone between Remco's dropped and Remco's back five times in the last two kilometers of this climb because I thought he was done and then he was not done, then he was done, then he was not done. And it looked like in the descent that Remco at a certain point actually passed those breakaway riders. He attacked well, him. He attacked him in the descent, the pools group. And on the straight section, he was able to gain. But in the corners, they were back on his wheel, right? Yeah, so they seem to come back in the corners. And he's just the aero bullet. Like, he knows he can go so fast on these straight sections. And were you surprised that Van Aetvelt and Pools attacked each other on the climb? Like, they were, they were finessing each other. Like, Van Aetvelt said, I can't pull. And then he attacked Pools. And then Pools <laughs> sat on. And then he attacked him. I was really surprised. I thought they should, if with Remco dropped, I would have been collaborating. Mm -hmm. I guess if you're Van Aetveld, maybe you know, if you're like really tuned in, you realize Pools has a really good sprint. Yep. Um, but anyway, it was really surprising, this finish to me. And I think it's to do with, and you mentioned this already off air, mm -hmm. firstly, underrating Pools sprint, yeah. which is like already during the Lechenk, <laughs> Because he won LBL in a sprint, right? Yeah. He won a Valenciana stage, hosed Luchenko in a sprint, and Luchenko acted like Pools couldn't sprint at all. And then Remco's got a brilliant sprint, like really, really good for a GC contender now. They get over the climb, and they're in the, the valley. They're all rolling turns, like seamlessly. Soler, Sanchez, and Van Aethel. That really surprised me. I thought, if I was those others, no way I work with those two. Exactly. And it was really in that just after descent towards the finish line section that it became even more clear that everybody was working with each other. And if I was Pelayo Sanchez, nobody knows what my sprint is in that group. Sorry, but Remco has no clue what Pelayo Sanchez sprint is. Leonard von Edfeld <laughs> probably doesn't know what... They nobody don't know who he knows. is. Leonard von Edfeld has a kick on uphill sprints. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to the flat sprint, I wouldn't even be able to rate that flat sprint going into this sprint so have, i would also have you ever seen Soler sprint hmm, probably but i can't fucking remember <laughs> if you can't remember it it's probably bad i would sit up if i was Soler. so yeah those are the three too. riders that should not be riding but then you're also opening yourself up to remco getting angry and you know if remco gets angry we saw it in basque country that then he becomes Melier in the intermediate sprint. <laughs> yeah, or he starts to ride really hard on the front and yeah. you're in his wheel getting no draft. And Pools must have been feeling really good because when Remco was doing that, he was taking his extra hard turns. I thought, Pools is in his wheel. And if you're fucked and you have other guys who'll sit on his wheel, you take the mm -hmm. risk that Remco will ride away and you get better draft or somebody else. But he was sitting on Remco's wheel getting half draft. Yep. And I was like, Pools must be feeling good if he's just like, nah, I'm locked into Remco. He's my main threat. Don't care about the other guys. Just got to beat this guy. I feel good. Um, and yeah, they get, they're coming into the finish. Van Aetveld starts to lead it out. Sanchez has rolled through. By the way, so I'll talk a word on Sanchez after, after you say the, the finish. Remco, I was watching on the, the TV just here in 720p. 
the helicopter shot, I couldn't see who the fuck anyone was. <laughs> uh, am I correct in saying Remco was fiddling with his bike computer with 400 meters to go? Yeah, he did that. And he also did that in... in um, did he do the same thing in... What's he doing? In Is El- he getting the map up for the corner? San Sebastian, he did the same. And... I, I, I asked him what this was. I, I was like... He's not did pressing you... lap button for the interval, is he? was not is he? pressing the lap button. He was doing that for a reason, but I can't remember what it was. It must be for the map. It must be to see where the corner is. Yeah, it is possible. I genuinely do not remember. It's a big risk with pulls behind you, taking your hand off the bars and looking down like that. It's a really big risk. And there's a corner just coming up, a left-hander. Oh. Sanchez and... What's he doing? He responded... When I asked him about the lab button thing in San Sebastian, wait, my screen moved and I wanted to see the map. Okay, so it's <laughs> map. Okay. Semi-justifiable. Yeah. Um, they don't know the recon of every single... They haven't done a recon of every single stage finish. Corner coming up, though. Sanchez and Van Edfelter at the front on the right-hand side. Left-hander, you, you can't pedal through it, full gas. Remco's fucking with his screen. Pulls is <laughs> behind Soler. Soler brings him up a little bit with speed... Pulls yep. just whacks it on the inside into this corner. Everyone freewheels through it. Remco does respond before the corner, but then pulls sprints out of it, and he opened up a 20-meter gap. Maybe it was a huge gap in the heli shot. <laughs> yeah. Like, Remco's not in the draft at all. They are sprinting mano y mano. Bear in mind, Pulls has dropped him on the hard climb. So Pulls snap over 30 seconds is, has just been better than Remco's, and he basically makes it a mano y mano battle between the two strongest. And Remco still comes back to him, gets into the draft quickly, slingshots out of it, but it's too late. He comes back like with twice the speed, but Pools timing was perfect. Pools wins the stage, catches Remco napping, and played it perfectly. Really, I'm not yep. sure he would have beaten Remco from. If Sanchez leaves him out of the corner and they both start sprinting at the same time, I don't know what happens. Maybe Paul still does win, but yeah, uh, I think Remco will be frustrated. Because like, I, Remco yeah. gets to his wheel, Remco gets next to him. Obviously, at a certain point, he gets fully into the draft when that happens. Because if you end up getting closer to him, you end up in the draft of wild pools. But I reckon if it's mano a mano next to each other or from the same distance, two hundred meters to go, Remco probably wins. Probably, but yeah. Sprint isn't just about being the fastest. It's also about being the smartest, being clever, knowing what to do, experiencing corner sprint, stuff like that. And the fact that Poole saw that corner and thought, I'm going to wing it, I'm going to whack it, that, that takes balls and towards the end, it pays off big time. I need to go and see the images again to see if he could see Remco playing with his bike computer. I think he'd already decided to jump. Um, Probably. I think yeah, there's no way he had that time to do that. But um, yeah. Uh, what do they, what do they get always say, Luke? Um, you always said never trust a Dutch guy in a small group sprint. They always win. They always got a sneaky good sprint. Dutch Wait. riders like Van Barla. What? What is it? Uh, I agree. By the way, Van Barla, that Vuelta stage yeah, yeah. win that he had a few years ago. That after the finish line, someone yeah. ended up sprinting into a barrier or something. Vagner, remember something like that? That was also good. But what is it with? Wout Pools beating the Belgian great ones. <laughs> Wout Fanat in the Tour de France for a stage win. At Emco Evenepoel in the Veld. I'm starting to feel personally attacked by Wout Pools. Wait, which Wout? Oh, up Labetex. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, what a see. Bear in mind, by the way, did you know that 
Bahrain basically weren't offering him a contract um, before this new one he got. They were like, nah, not that interested. I'm pretty sure the rumor was he offered himself to Quickstep maybe 18 months ago or a year ago. Do you reckon he would have been a decent climbing domestique? Uh, for sure. We, we mentioned it <laughs> two years ago. Yeah, we already not had this discussion, I think. Maybe it was two years not ago. Only, not only for Quickstep, we were at the moment where Yumbo was starting to lose like a secondary level of domestiques. As in, Vingo had moved up, yeah. Kreiswijk was getting a bit older, stuff like that, and we were like, Before who can April fill that gap? Exactly. So, for many teams, Pools would have been a, an amazing rider to have in a team, and Bahrain has him, and I bet Landos happy about it the last week, that's for sure. Yeah, well, no, they gave him a two, so then they, and then they, like, course corrected when he won Andalusia, and they gave him yeah. a two year. And then this, I mean, he's proved them right, because he won, he's won a Tour de France stage. And I've welter stage this year. And I just rewatched his LBL 2016 like five minutes before we started the podcast. His sprint of that. He also launches during the corner, gets a gap on the next sprinter, and the, the next rider kind of has to try and close it by the finish line. So Was it the old it finish? Uh, yes, all. With a little on. kicker. Because yeah. this had a little kicker today too. There's a, like where Remco was closing is a little kicker. Yeah. So, man, he just... But yeah. Impressive. Uh, I don't know if he was underrated. I think, to be honest, it, he's past the point of being underrated in sprints after that Luchenko one, I think. Everyone should have been pretty aware of him. But he wins ahead of Remco, who seals the... Uh, wow, Remco, if he really wanted, could have taken the points jersey. Um, ahead of Remco, Sanchez, Peleo Sanchez in third, Van Edveld fourth, Soler fifth. Uh, Kosha wins the group sprint behind Tiberius, marking up the chase for Wild Pools uh, in that group. <laughs> Bahrain have been yep. his third week they've had. Like moving Lander into C fifth, uh, while Paul's winning a stage, Santi into tenth. They've been flying this third week, uh, Bahrain. So I wasn't surprised to see them win this, uh, win a stage. But who the fuck is Peleo Sanchez, Benji? And is this kid going to be on Movistar next year? Like he's on Burgos Biaccia. He's in a group with Van Edvel's highly touted, very, very yep. highly rated. Soler is, was fifth on GC till he, <laughs> till he threw it all away. Pauls is, a, is a, an animal this week. Remco's Remco. And you got Peleo Sanchez, a 23-year-old Spaniard on Burgos Biache out of contract. He won a stage of Vuelta Asturias this year. Uh, Movistar got to go for this guy. I just Googled Peleo Sanchez 2024, and the result was a Daniel Benson tweet from July 11th saying Peleo Sanchez to Movistar for 2024. So okay. might have already happened. Yeah, I mean... I <laughs> I think, say what you want about Molestar, but if a 23-year-old wins a stage of Asturias with a, <laughs> with a solo on a climb, they're probably going to sign him. Um, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I hope he does well there. I hope he does... He's young, and they need, they need guys like that because they've yeah. missed... Okay, maybe he's not Carlos Rodriguez or Ayuso tier, but you see, this is a really select group he's in, Benji, and he dropped Remco at a time, like on the, on the steep climb. Like, he wasn't just... There by luck, he was there because he was super good today. Um, so I just wanted to give him a shout out because he was also very good on Cruz de Linares. Yep. Like he was went with Vlasov, I think. Yeah. So I think he actually could be really quite good, that guy. Um, not much else to say from the breakaway. Grant Thomas, he, he gave it a crack with Wilco. Those two came in. Um, Thomas said he's on his podcast, What's Occurring? That he's been battling with. Um, he'd like to say it was a fractured rib, I'm gonna, but it could be bruised. Uh, he won't yep. get it x rayed. Anything else from the break, Benji? Not really. It's Peloton time now, and I can I can summarize this in two sentences. 
Lascano tries to launch Moss. Well, it's more than two sentences. Fuck. Ayuso <laughs> tries to move to the front, rides next to Kuz, basically. Landa tries something for a second, and then Roglic says, fuck this shit. I'm not having this. I'm not having yeah. this. I'm just controlling this for Seb Kuz. And we've had super domestique Jonas Vingega two days ago on Cruz Linares. Now super domestique Roglic today. Is there a term above super domestique for Grand Tour no. winning riders that... <laughs> Or a domestique? Is there a thermo super domestique? This is, this is what super domestique originally meant, and then the term <laughs> has been ruined by people saying like, like me, like the saying, in the in the tour 2018, 19. Oh, I'm trying to think of an example this year. Um, be like Michael Hessman in the Giro, or um, well, that's, I shouldn't sorry, use that but um, that's a slight exaggeration. I was trying to think of someone that's not. <laughs> Not been sussied. Um, <laughs> who won the tour? Who won the? Won the tour? Uh, Vingega. Giro was Roglic. He was on that team. Yeah, like saying Jan Trotnik is a super domestic. He's not. He's not a super domestic. Yeah, he's but just a good one. There is a difference between Kuz doing it for Roglic than Roglic yeah, doing I it see for Kuz. So I think we need a, a thermo super domestic or a thermo <laughs> domestic. No. <laughs> I mean, also generous to call them domestiques after the last couple of weeks. <laughs> but yeah, today, no, today, I think, by the way, on the mass point, mass is so good and like it's a lot of unfair criticism, but then he does things like this today and to things like today are the source of where all the criticism comes from, where he has from 6th to 7th, from him to Kian, he has three minutes. So yeah. he, he has buffer to play with. He can afford to even drop himself. Yeah, it's like 11 Ks to go. And he gets the team to do a lead out and then he literally just like rolls through the front and stops. And that's where all the criticism comes from for not yeah. doing the... Like Contador has a proper dig there, even without the legs, even risks getting dropped. And he gets a lot of unfair criticism, particularly last year's Vuelta when someone called him a paquete, I think. Which I, I think have just no means clue a, what that means. Just means a package, but I don't know. It doesn't actually mean a package. I think uh, it's it's a derogatory term, um, oh, and that was completely over the over the top. But yeah, but then he does this. And it's like ah, uh, but maybe just another legs. Maybe just another legs. Probably didn't. Um, but yeah, the Spanish three the Spanish guys under you, so they lock each other down and mass. And Roglic, it was Roglic's turn, Benji. It was like Vingegaard did it on stage eighteen on Cruz de Linares. Yeah, Roglic today made a big show of I'm gonna. I'm I'm gonna lock it down today for everybody, and um, and that was Fine. pretty much it. Apart from Garcia Cortina tried a team attack with Mars, and then Kianota Brooks was dropped, and so Almeida yep. and Santi were riding. But I don't know where, uh, I don't know where, uh, Kian finished. Luke says that Kian because Lasov was in the group, and Kian was dropped. Yep. Kian yep. actually loses his seventh to Vlasov, so he'll be spewing. <laughs> Vlasov will be super happy, and Kian will be like, "Well, same thing." <laughs> Kian's not getting an extension now. Oh, the twenty-year-old, right? The, it's crazy, right? Seventh. If he got seventh in the world today, they would have given him one. But now, I'm not so sure. Well, um, what do you reckon? Like, Kian is twenty, so he's a super young talent. But Ayuso is getting older, right? Like, he's already twenty-one since today, so he's getting washed territory. Twenty-one. <laughs> You've only got three years left in the young riders jersey. Um, <laughs> but on on a serious note, it's Kian's got a couple of things to fix: the TT yeah. and um. Shorter and, and, and the guy can't go over 500 watts. He has no punch. Like, you don't need to be a great sprinter. Mas yeah. isn't a great sprinter. But as a top GC rider, you do need some level of punch. 
Um, what he does have is almost the hardest thing, which is extremely high performance after extremely hard stages, and um, kind of like Carlos Rodriguez. And yeah, that's why I think the Giro, except for the time trial, and the Tour, except for him. the time trial, fits him better than Alvaro. Yeah, same with Thomas for the Giro versus. I never thought Thomas would do well in this Vuelta, but anyway, yep. they write it all in. Um, and Jumbo Visma sit up and they do the Paranese uh, three three aside and they all um, it looks really nice actually I thought yep we, we gave them a, I'll, I'll read other stages well actually yeah so the revised Sepkus leading GC still ahead of Ingard and Roglic no change there they give a bit of time back to Ayuso Vlasov leapfrogs out Brooks. Uh, so yeah, Ayuso, Landa, Mas in 6th, then Vlasov now in 7th, Otterbrooks 8th, then Almeida 9th, and Butrago 10th. Would you rather be Almeida or Remco, Benji? Oh, that's a difficult one. I would rather be Remco, because yeah, for sure. I think I'd won-ish. enjoy that a lot more. Yeah. I don't care yeah. about a top 10 in La Vuelta if I've already top Won 5 the whole race. podiums. Well, I, I'm thinking from Almeida's territory as well, like, just... Let's say I haven't won the oh, race. Oh, yeah, I'm he's done. He podiumed the Giro this year. I don't care about nine for whatever. I want to go for stage and stuff like that. But they're different riders, right? Yeah, it's personal I, preference. Also, next to that, it's also like, does Almeida have the qualities for break? Paper, he does. He's got a bit of a sprint. He doesn't have the Remco sprint. He has that time trial capability to go solo. Does he have the racing skill? I don't think so. I don't think but, he can beat Remco on Linares. Remco was stomping. Nah, but I reckon he can beat... Let me try and think of something. He can beat... Leonard Tvaniertfeld today, maybe? Probably not, actually, because he was really good today. But <laughs> and, and Raumeda was dropping a little bit on the climb yeah. uh, as well, uh, the GC group. It, it's, it's true. And, and for Remco, if you can go out and win three, sta- three stages, extra stages in KOM, you know, it, it's... It is better, but it's just personal preference, and it's just they two took two different tacks. Almeida battled through the Tomlay stage. Remco pulled is up it, stumps. Is it different preferences or different teams' preferences? Uh, well, I don't. I think Almeida can do what he likes. I mean, you can you can also Benji just say uh, you can just crack and say oh, I lost time. <laughs> I couldn't. You can be so there. But yeah, you can. Well, no, that's a bit more explicit. But if you, <laughs> if you just say I can't follow. And yep. you lose eight minutes. Well, what are they going to do? Say, no, nah, you're lying. You could follow. Like, maybe. Oh, I doubt it, though. Anyway, um, Jumbo Visma crossed the line arm in arm with Roglic and the Vingegaard pointing at Sepp Kuss. We, we gave him a lot of stick, Benji, and this is maybe for the yep. whole wrap-up show, but I think it, it merits inclusion here. We gave him a, a lot of stick for maybe the Angleroo stage. Obviously, I might be biased, of course. Got to, got to say that. But... I think it went a little bit too far. Uh, people acted like Sepkus literally died. Yeah, that, um, no, it's yeah. it's like, yeah, I feel he like- was still in red, and before it, it went to the brink, as we said, before it went to the brink, they had the whole team meeting, the management fixed it, came in, he stayed in red, they fixed it for the following stages. People are acting like they didn't fix it. I agree. But I agreed in a different way necessarily where I feel like we analyzed it on, for example, the bear stage from a tactical perspective that, for example, Jonas's move 
was logical to make that yeah, move. Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, it took a minute back, so it wasn't the ideal thing if you want Kuz to win the race. But that being said, we never said that was a bad move tactically. We said Roglic's move in that stage was tactically not the best stage, based on the fact that he didn't drop anyone with his attack on Tourmalet, and then he did that same attack on Bayes, so he wasn't able to get separation there either, but he got close to Vingegaard and put Cousin Travel that way, so it's kind of like... Uh, we analyze it tactically, and people sometimes read that as calling someone selfish or attacking a rider individually. That makes sense? Because I don't really care yeah. whether it's Roglic or Vingo in either of those situations. No, no, if Roglic moves, wanted to jump first on Bayer's, yeah. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't change anything I said. It's, it's the move itself that was the mistake. But then, for example, Langaruru, it's like... It was bad. No, it was. It was. But it's also like no no one can see shit in the car. No one can hear <laughs> shit in the car. And also, the idea was if Sep drops, they did have carte blanche and people acting like, well, they should have had a plan XYZ for what if they're all on their own. There was no there was no direct plan for when they're all on their own because yeah. sorry, there's there's not a plan for XYZ scenarios for every single stage. Also, that's a very optimistic plan. Yeah, maybe there should, maybe there should have been, but also, yeah, I, th I think it. We said, as I said, it was a bad look at the time, but they said that the management came in and said, "Hey, this is not what we want to do. We're going to do it this way. Sep is going to be protected." They came in the next mountain stage. Jonas did it today. Roglic did it. Yeah, some of the interviews, but that's, you know, they they fixed it and they did it, and in the end, and Sep stayed in red. I think the public criticism that's still going on when it comes to the, the Denmark versus Slovenia battle that we still have, I feel like, somewhat on social media, I feel like that comes from the thought process of Vingegaard's attacks, those are textbook attacks when it comes to actual tactics. As in, on base, you want to have your third rider in GC, who is also not your best sprinter of the three, because Roglic yeah. is the better sprinter of the two, attack early to put the other two in a C just in case the other teams basically have to pace after Jonas, and that way those other two are in a seat and can try and benefit from that situation. That's the textbooks move that you saw with Vingo attacking. They probably didn't expect UAE to not pace at all after after the, after Jonas on that stage, so that changed it all completely. But then on Angliru, for example, it's it's very it's very similar where Roglic is then that guy who wants to try and do that. And they're only with Land at that point, then they get into a situation where they're all three at the front, then when Kuz drops, yes, they could have said, nah, Jonas could have also said, nah, I'll just stay with Kuz. But there's also personal, personal desires there, and Roglic probably wants to show that he wants to win this shit, that he, that he can win this shit. Then Jonas probably, probably thinks, okay, I'm down with Kuz winning, but I don't necessarily, I'm down with, with Roglic beating me in GC here. And there's like, that's why people management in teams is important. It's kind of uh, the, the thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I just mean, like, yeah. at the end of the day, all's well that ends well. Or maybe maybe you disagree. Maybe you think it's it's a bit it, it, tainted. I don't think so. I think... Nah. Uh, for a team that went 1-2-3 in GC and 1-2-3 on that stage and Kus won in the end, for them to be getting more criticism than UAE, I think is maybe the wrong way to look at this race. Um, <laughs> and but it was also fucking entertaining and gave podcasters and uh, people a lot to talk about. So I guess I shouldn't yes. complain too much. 
But I do want to talk in our overall Vuelta recap, if we end up doing that, about the fact that the same team won three Grand Tours and podiumed the full Vuelta podium, what the reasoning is for that when it comes to the differences between Jumbo and the other team. But also next to that, if we take a look at the overall scheme of cycling, the, the field of cycling, is it good for the sport in that sense? Or is it just temporary and we don't see what's going to happen next year? Because we all thought Pogaccio would destroy the sport by winning five years in a row yeah, that way. Want, yeah, but they locked out the Grand Tours. Yeah. You, I mean, Formula One, I have no interest in watching. So for a neutral spectator, unless there's internal battles like we saw this week, no, them, them walking away with every Grand Tour is not going to be as interesting yeah. as different. It's like... Yeah. Is it kind of like as D works in women's cycling at the moment? Yeah, like was the Tour de France, would that have been better? I mean, Van Vleuten was still there for a while in the Tour this year, but... Yeah, but she won't be next year. Yeah, like that's not going to be as appealing a product, uh, I don't think. But I guess that's not Jumbo's problem. That's the other team's problem. Yeah. Um, but we'll save maybe that discussion for the recap. Tomorrow's stage is from Hippodromo de la Zarzuela to Madrid Pasaje de la Luz. Uh, passage of light they basically come in from the northwest of madrid uh where they do a procession then they well uh, on that in a second then they enter the circuit where they do basically uh the circuits across where it has a like three different hot dog legs um almost forming a cross uh which is apposite because i might be forced to go to uh mass tomorrow um but anyway mass yeah, to see, yeah, a bow down <laughs> at the altar of him. 101 kilometers. Is this a procession like the tour is? Uh, yeah. yeah. It is? Yeah. It's not, it doesn't have the same I always felt fame, it was but in it the is. middle. It is still a procession like they're going to be drinking kava. Uh, I reckon they will, but we did have a fight a few years ago for the green jersey, for example. A was sprinting for the actual green jersey. And I think, think about it for a second. That Emko being second in the stage might still be close enough. I don't know where he got in the intermediate sprint to <laughs> yeah, be able can, to he can win green. sprint in Madrid <laughs> and have a chance of winning if Groves doesn't get points. So I'm going to text Remco after this to sprint at the no. actual finish because that's funny. <laughs> Remco could have won green easily. He's only 19 yeah, points I behind. Agree. Groves deserves it think... though after the Grand Tour that he did. Well, I, I, I wasn't on the pod yesterday, but it was... That Alperson rider, uh, yeah. again, you know, Massio got suspended for something less dangerous than what I saw yesterday. He saw EF coming. Yeah. He sees him coming, looks back in. He's in Ineos line, moves out, then turns his head and moves further. Come on. And chops himself. And, I mean, they got punished, Alperson, because Groves couldn't sprint. But, yeah, I don't yeah. think Remco wanted to take it. Uh, who, who have you got, uh, Benji? Milano won here leading out Ackerman, no? Last year? Yeah, Milano's I gotta go. I got to go Milano again. We'll go to the double nah, nah, pick nah. in unison. I'm not allowed, okay? Um, you can take Milano. No, I'll take I will Rose. take... Oh, come on. You take Milano. I take <laughs> Oliveira, who's going to beat his lead out this time. Ooh, that's a nice pick. Okay, I'll take Milano um, to do it again. It's a little... It, it, Ackerman, <laughs> Ackerman has won here before, I think. It's a little... Yeah. It's, it's not easy. It's actually an uphill sprint. It's quite difficult. Um... This little kicker, but yeah, Yumbo roll in and uh, we'll see. I'm going to go watch the stage tomorrow as well and see the procession. Um, I don't know. I might record the pod. I don't know what I'll do, Benji. Sometimes we don't record the, the procession pod, but I'll try and do it. I'll see how far it is from where I'm staying. Um, yeah. 
but I'll see if if Oliver is clear, I'll shout at him and say, slow down. Uh, Worst let case, Milano win. if you can't do it, we can wrap it up in the full-on recap the day after. Yeah, yeah, Luke's saying do it from your phone post-finish. I'll do it, yeah, I might do it on location. Bit of a cycle. I don't want to sit on, step on the cycling podcast toes. and Don't you, know, you dare leave vibe. me behind again, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't. Um, okay, <laughs> that's all from us today. Wild Pools gets it done to, I mean, Bahrain, we said, where were they? They just keep winning Grand Tour stages. I want to see, have they? They just win every single Grand Tour. They win stages. Yep. Um, so consistent as a climbing GC team, but... What a welter it's been. Uh, we'll see you with the recap of Stage 21 tomorrow. Till then, ciao.